I don't think I went live. <laughs> Let me start again. I just did my whole spiel and I don't think I actually went live. So here we go again. What is up, y'all? It's your girl, Sarah from Sarah Styles here. I am a reseller on various different platforms, Poshmark, uh, eBay, Etsy, and Tradesies currently, but I'm looking to branch out possibly as well. I also have... Yeah, my husband just texted me. I am going. I forgot to hit the live button. Here we go. Um, so I am a reseller. I also have analytical dashboards for the resellers. The link for all of that stuff is down below. You can purchase them on Etsy. My YouTube and my Instagram are dedicated to analytics for the reseller. And then also bringing together, helping you do reselling as a business. And today we're definitely going to be learning about how to do reselling as a business um, for this live. But I want to make sure if you like content like this, make sure to hit the subscribe. And then if you hit the little bell, you get notified when new content does come out. Give me a thumbs up if you like this live so that I know what kind of people to schedule in the future. And leave comments down below if you have questions. If you're watching this in the recording, if you have questions, leave comments down below for me or Liz. If you're on the live, we can chat in the um comments. Oh, one more thing. So I am doing a live once once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, this week I'm doing one on Wednesday talking about all of the reseller apps. So I have two other resellers that are coming on and we're going to pull out our phones and look at the apps that we use and how, um, and just talk about it, tell you all the apps that we use and what we use them for and how we use them. So definitely you can set a reminder for that one on my YouTube right now. Um, so that it'll send you, tell you when we are going live. If you have something that you want to share with this community or you have something that you would like us to talk about, I my the purpose of my lives is to bring the community together. I am not an expert in all the things, but there are so many people out there that are experts or that we can just have conversations and learn from each other on. So I am doing a live to have those conversations and facilitate those conversations. So if you are someone who has something to share, leave me a comment down below or send me a DM on Instagram and let's get a live set up. If there's something that you want to uh, do hear about, um, hey, Sarah, this would be a good idea. Leave comments down below for me or send me a DM so that we can get that going. Before or Now let's get started. That was my whole little spiel. I am so excited to have Liz here. So she, um, I've seen her, what's up? Um, I have seen her on various different Facebook platforms, but then we really connected when she purchased the dashboard um, and the way that she talked in my, so if you have the dashboard, you have access to my Facebook users group where everyone who has a dashboard is in it. And we do like analytical testing and looking at our dashboards and all of that. So she was commenting in there and I could tell that she like had her shit together essentially. Um, and then I did a live on taxes a couple weeks ago and she joined and even just a couple comments that she was telling me, I was like, this girl knows her stuff. She has owned a small business for um, since 1999, sold it a couple of years ago, but she did all the bookkeeping, back office stuff and medical billing for it. So she knows how to run a small business, but even better is she has sold over 5,000 items on Poshmark. So she can mold the two together in creating a small business a small reselling business. So I'm super excited to have her on here. She is from Las Vegas. She has four children, four grown children, One's about to get married. Um, she 
first started posh or she went to her first posh meetup in 2016 so she's seen a lot of growing and changing on there um and so i am going let me add her here we are going to chat we're going to chat small business poshmark all the things um hello liz hey sarah how are you thank you for having me yes thanks for joining um oh i like your picture in the background did you make that my girlfriend made that for me when we came up with my with my name years ago and we were yes. bouncing it off and then she made that. So yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. On that note, tell us about your name, your, um, and how you got into reselling. Oh Lord. Reselling. Um, well, my name, my name is Liz, um, short from Elizabeth and, and we just, you know, realized kind of came, you know, I've been in the coaching industry and in the personal growth world for a long time. And, one of the things that I've always been an advocate of is people realizing their own, their own potential, their own, their own, you know, place on this planet, I guess. And so it just kind of, it, she just spurted to spit it out, realize you, the letter you, I mean, I've had it on my license plate on my car. I've had it. It's might've been my Gmail. It's been, it's just, it goes everywhere with me and it makes it nice to have a, a call tag, I guess, versus using my name all the time. So, um, it's kind of fun. So yeah. And then she made that for me and, and it's just been, that's my login on everything. So, um, so yeah. Well, and I, I, I love hearing about how people get their names. My name's a yeah. boring reason, but yours is, I mean, it's very thoughtful and it definitely tells about who you are. Like you, and you can tell even before we're, we were chatting five minutes before this on Facebook, you're very much like teaching people and getting people to realize things and you know but in like a very gentle way not like mean that it can be on social media sometimes um so it's very fitting for you i like it sure, thank you how do you get it how did you get into reselling oh you know um i have i've always loved fashion and i've been in you know we were in medical we owned our own business so um it's just, just on the side and a girlfriend, a girlfriend who actually went to um, one of the fashion schools in San Francisco mentioned it to me. And she said, have you ever heard of Poshmark? And at first, I think I, I was one of those people. I bought something and I never accepted it. And so this was 2013 was when I did this. And it was just, a, I mean, a shirt. I still remember the shirt, actually. And I probably didn't do a whole lot with it until maybe a year later. I just kind of started messing around with it and started. I had clothes I wanted to sell. And I think I wanted to up my wardrobe a bit and um, kind of I decided, let me go get some Tory Burch. I've never been a retail shopper, especially the, the, the numbers that you people pay for some of these clothes. It's like, wow, really? So yeah. um, but I was never really a thrifter. I didn't go thrifting or whatever. I just I guess I looked for deals and I liked I pulled things together well. So I didn't have to have the fancy clothes when I looked polished or put together. And then when I owned my own business, I didn't need, I was in workout clothes or jeans, you know, I didn't have the need for the wardrobe. So um, I just started selling what I had, trying to ba basically trade up and get to fancier things. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 2018, November, 2018, I went full-time, right? Right at Thanksgiving, December, when I went full-time with it. So after I've met some amazing, amazing friends. So it's been, it's been good. Have you, were you, had you thrifted before? Cause you said you hadn't really thrifted. So Not until I started, well, there was, so right when I get my nails done every two weeks, there's a savers right next to it. So every two weeks I would go in and just look, I have a love of bags as you and I both share that. You love your bag too. And I would find stuff. I mean, and the sack bag was, was like every time I went in there, I'd pick up the sack and I, the thrill of a deal, I guess was what I loved. And so I, um, 
So every two weeks, and then every once in a while, I started going again and again as I was plugging in more and more into Posh. Um, I'll never forget the first meetup I went to, uh, Ms. Fabulosity. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know her, Anna, the woman with the long, beautiful blonde hair. Yeah. She was hosting it, hostessing it. And I, I remember saying, oh, I've never bought anything other than my size. And she went, oh, you'll get over it. Like, <laughs> like she just went, oh, you'll get over that. And I was like, oh, and now, now I can say I did get over it quickly. Yeah. And so that was cool. I mean, she just was like, and she was so, you know, warm and welcoming that I've just started learning and growing and it's been wonderful. So um, I feel like this community is very much welcoming. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I do various different platforms. But one of the things that I really do like about Posh is the community. Um, there is. Yeah, yeah it, it, you can't. There's various different things about all the platforms, but the community on Poshmark is very warm and welcoming. And the Posh and Sips are like. Amazing. Just to have like coworkers that you can talk to and learn from, and well, I come from the days when the Facebook pages didn't exist. We did all of the communicating about learning and inside the app on posts of like some girl would create one. If you want to learn more, ask me here. You'd have to scroll for miles to get to the bottom to figure out what I mean. That's where, and there was dozens of those because different people. So yeah. groups were they were new. I was like, how's this gonna work? <laughs> Yeah, I can't even imagine that because now I feel like it's just crazy to like, right. I mean, you, have, you can create a bundle to kind of talk to someone, but even then it's like, right. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get into it. We could probably talk thrifting forever, but I want to talk um, business with you as well. So you have a background in business, um, well, in running a business. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that, um, what kind of business you ran and kind of what your tasks were for that. Well, um, so my husband, and I, my husband's been in medical sales my whole life. And um, at one point in his career that he had to make a shift and he's like, I'm just going to do it myself. And so he went out and got, um, I think uh, he went out and got all the credentials. We already had our son. Well, I only have two kids. I only have two. So, um, two adults. Oh. so um, if I forget to talk about the other two, there's only a couple. Oh, I don't know how, oh, sorry. No, okay. So, um, my kids were little and um, I got, I think I was pregnant with my daughter when this whole job thing happened. And I was like, what? A little scary, but his job was just, it wasn't working. It was a major shift. So he started the business and um, he got all the licenses and all the business stuff that everybody talks about on the pages and all that. And really quickly, we had to learn how to do, how to keep up with all that. And then I had to learn the differences between medical because I was doing medical billing, which is a whole different world. Um, and the only way I was learning was running into walls and making mistakes and not getting paid. And so I mean, he got a small business loan, so we were okay for a good year. But um, but so then the business, so there's the medical side and then there's the business stuff, the IRS, the state, the sales tax, the reporting of your numbers. And so um, I just had to learn how to do it and, you know, figured out. And I've always been good at, at my numbers. I've always kept my checkbooks reconciled. And I mean, I remember when I met my husband, it was hilarious. He had his water bill filed under H. You might get it. Some people, I got H, H2O. I was uh, like, <laughs> oh my God. I like, couldn't figure that out. Like, so, but I, so I took over quickly before we got married. Like, give me, yeah. So I've always yeah. talked on numbers just because I like to know, you know, reconciling my checkbook's always been a thing. Now my girlfriend and I used to, we used to reconcile if we had a quarter missing. Now it's $5 or up, or maybe now $10. I'll just yeah. 
yeah, we don't worry about it under that anymore. But that's kind of how I am. But my so we were talking before this went live, but my husband does I, I keep a lot of the bookkeeping, but my husband kind of reconciles everything. And he will sit there for like 30 cents for like hours. And I'm like, dude, it's 30 cents. Just like write it off. I'll give you right. I'll my wallet and give you 30 cents. Like, right, right. right. See, that's that's you guys balance each other. That's so I've learned. Oh, let's go to five now. I think there was a point where I was at 20 bucks. Now it's back down to 10, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it depends like personally or business. Cause you know, I mean, you really don't want to get yeah. audited, which you've gone through an audit, right? Well, yeah. Two of them. That's intense. Um, okay. So you have a background in doing kind of the, I mean, the medical billing and Ashley mm -hmm. Jackson says she, that's what she does. Um, so we probably won't get too much into that. I'm, I mean, if there are things that are helpful, oh, more of a business side of it. So uh, things that you did for your medical or for the medical equipment business, what, how has that kind of helped you in the reselling? What are you using that you did there that you're now like, oh, like I'm running a small business, but in a different, you know, environment, but like, what can I use? What am I able to do there? Oh, you froze. I'm going to take you off real quick. You froze up. Oh no. Technical difficulties. Hold on. Can you refresh your computer? I've never had this happen before. So <laughs> hopefully if she refreshes her computer, maybe it'll um Oh, she logged off. Okay, so she's logged off. Um, I'm hoping that she will log back on. So stay tuned. This is real life. This is what happens when you do a live. Sometimes there are technical difficulties. Um, we were chatting before it started and we could have kept chatting forever about all of the things. Um, and so I'm hoping that she will join back up here shortly and we can talk. Um, we're talking about kind of the differences in Quick QuickBooks, Quicken, um, I, so I can tell you kind of what I do. I track, oh, there she is. There she is. So, so, I don't know what happened. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, I literally stopped. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no worries. You got, you got back on. So we're good. Good. Um, so how is what you are doing, you know, the bookkeeping and stuff, how, what are you using that you learned there in your reselling business? Well, I think the biggest thing is, um, and my accountants, my, I mean, my CPA, we still have one. Um, he's, he's had conversations with me when the IRS kind of, they, they, they audited a lot of stuff in Las Vegas after the big crash, especially medical companies. We are a competitor. We both, we were both getting audited at the same time. We were like, really? So it wasn't just us. It was like, they came in after medical. Um, the differences are the IRS is the is the government. That's the federal government, right? Yeah. They your money in and your money out. As far as tracking your individual receipts, um, saving your receipts, saving your receipts is purely if you get audited. And with today's world, you can download bank statements and credit card statements that show where you bought things. Right. So you don't have to keep the numbers down to the pennies where like what you do and what you offer is it is the ability to assess your data and assess your your numbers to the point where to determine whether you're making a profit yeah. doing what you're doing 
where um, with the IRS, you could make, you know, $10 and spend nine and they want to know about the dollar. Yeah. So that they don't care how you're doing. They just want. No. Right. And if you're not, and over, like, that's not enough profit for me to worry about. Right. But they don't care if you're making, you know, a hundred thousand of those dollars, then you're going to pay taxes on them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's money in and money out. And I think a lot of people, at least like on the Facebook groups, I think they get all, how do I track? And how do I do I, if I give something, like if I donate something back and I have to keep track of each individual item on a set, I'm like, for me, my Quicken as, as when we were talking on that one YouTube, Quicken yeah. downloads all my transactions. I deposit money into the bank and it says Poshmark income. And anytime I go to Goodwill or Savers, it says Poshmark expense you know, unless I buy something else. And I just, the two numbers, one minus the other, and that's my income yeah. for the IRS purposes. Yes. Right. For what they can tax. Yes. Um, yes. But then how you're doing is different, different. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I get, we talked about this earlier. I get asked all the time um, about my dashboard being for uh, taxes and it is not, I am not a CPA. Mm -hmm. I am not even in the financial world. I have a degree in mathematics. Um, I don't know. My husband There's a Oh, that's cool. Mathematics and financial. That's, they seem the same to a lot of people, I think. Yeah, but they're not. They're very no. different because, I mean, me and my husband argue because I'm like, I just want to do a math equation, but there's lots of different like rules behind how you look at things financially. Uh -huh. And then accounting is different as well because they just want money in and money out. Where our CPA, I track, essentially I do what you do in um, just in a dashboard, but it's, I, I track high level. I don't track every single item. Um, I might start tracking every single item cause I'm starting to cross post and keeping track of the right. inventory. Right, right. Yeah. But for CP or for IRS, no, he's like, I want like five numbers. That's all I care about. Uh -huh. All right. Mine goes, cause I, I track it on a little bit smaller. Cause I want to know my husband, I even we've been married 28 years. So, um, we used to fight over the last $40, you know, in the checking account. Yeah. So um, once we once we got past that, we track our spending. We have allotments of, you know, being able to just spend what we want because we have goals and we have the other things we want to do. So we kind of kind of track personal spending for him, for me, and we can look at it. And I go, well, you spend your money for the next couple of months or so it depends, you know. Yeah, I, we do the same thing. And even before I was doing, well, I've always kind of had a small business on the side, but for me and my husband, we have our, a spreadsheet for our own finances. That's like 17 tabs and it has like a a retirement graph. I mean, you've seen my dad, uh -huh. imagine that for your personal and we each have like our little spend and our goals and our, so it's very much the realm of like what I'm comfortable in um, for tracking and keeping track of, but mm -hmm what the IRS needs and my dashboard right. very different. Um, yes. My dashboard's intent is to help you make more money. Um, like how do you know what to sort? Yeah. And how do but, you know right. you're profitable and how do you, but you cannot use it to file your taxes in uh -huh. the next two months. <laughs> and yeah, the, and the way that, you know, we've even talked about that. I think on Facebook, I like to know what I sold from the first of the month through say the 31st for January with the way Poshmark, at least Poshmark gives you your numbers. They don't give them to you on your report until they're funded. 
Yes. So it could be the 10th or whatever of February before all the sold. There's a gap in their reports, which I wrote to them about. But um, yeah, uh, January, you're like, I don't care if it's money in my, you know, and that's OK. As long as you do it the same way every time. Yes. And that's the thing. And so I actually have, I'm going to stop for a minute because Ashley says, if you were to get audited and you don't have receipts for everything, does that mean trouble? And I'm going to say, oh, no, when I went through my audit, I had, I keep everything. I'm transparent. I have, I have the whole thing. Um, for me, I, don't, I mean the way, because I always use my, my ATM card or my checkbook or, or my, or, you know, I track. So I would literally be able to download my visa statement and it would say Goodwill Savers, Goodwill Savers. Now, if you want to keep them, but you can be audited up to seven years. And I don't know about you, but I go through a pile of them, you know, a year. All I'm saying is people think they're saving receipts for different reasons than they really, if they were thinking through, it's like, oh, you're not going to save them for your year end IRS trans, you know, submission. You know, you don't turn them into anybody at the end of the year. You only need them unless, if you're audited. Unless you're going through your receipts to calculate your expenses and then you're doing it the hard way, download your bank statement. <laughs> right, exactly. And or hopefully you're not doing it at the end of the year because that's oh, yeah, right. So that's the other thing, too. And um, I think both of us will speak to that is some kind of tracking system and whether I am anal um, to where I do it at the time, like I go shopping or when I get home, I go shopping, depending if I have kids with me, because sometimes it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, but I have a Google. Yeah, I have a Google sheet. And the second that I do it, it goes into there and it is tracked. Um, and I'm also anal in the extent of I look at my financial workbook almost every single night before I go to bed. Yeah. My husband used to get, I mean, I used to require him bringing home the receipts before all the logins you can get online. And see, like now I, I told you earlier that I, I see that he went to REI before he came home and he's like irritated because he's like, you know, I'm like, uh-huh. Cause I can download it. Right. Not that I'm checking on, but I might just be doing the books at that minute or whatever. But um, I used to require all the receipts. Now I don't. Yeah. So to answer her question, I don't, it's on the bank statement. Any bank, the American Express gives it all broken down. You can you can do it with bank statements. Again, if you're disciplined um, to do it, and that's once a month a statement maybe, um, that might be a lot to do it. You might, and you stop and forget for a couple of days, now you're really behind. So yeah. it depends on what works best for you. Yeah. I, whatever you do, get into a routine and do it because you don't that's want to minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I do. So I do PayPal once a week because PayPal is a disaster. Um, and it's the reconciling there takes me forever. And it takes me just as long as if I do every single payment or if I just do it all in one sitting. So I do. I do PayPal once a week. Um, See, so that's here's what's interesting is so PayPal for you is a it's a bank. It's a bank. Yeah. Basically. And so you want to track if eBay payment went out of there or po whatever postage. So um, for me, I just put it, I put the total in my bank account. Yeah. It's income. And so whatever came out of it inside of it stays in there. Now I don't do that with every credit card, but for that one, and I'm going to have to probably change that. Is, 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 yeah, Cause then I'm not checking because then I, cause I've thought about doing that, but then I'm not tracking the fees and the shipping. Yeah, and the expenses. Correct, correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm absorbing it a little bit cause I don't have that many sales. Elsewhere, I'd say Poshmark's about 95, 90% of my sales. I've been cross posting for a while, but I'm deleting more than I'm, than I'm selling on. I've sold about five or six things on eBay. 
eBay is like a slow, I mean, it's slow for me. Yeah. I mean, it's starting to pick up. Um, but I feel like yes. we have to, it's not like posh where if you like, if I am on posh and I am like spending a ton of time on posh, you will see it. eBay is like slow and steady wins the race where it's been months of like slow and steady. Yeah. I feel like they want to make sure that you're like committed to them. It's like a long-term relationship where posh, I feel like is maybe like a one night stand. Oh, that's good. I like wham, bam. Thank you, man. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be long-term. Like sometimes one night stands turn into long-term if you want it to be, but I thought I had never thought of that, but that's exactly what it is. eBay, like you have to put the time and the commitment into it to get the return. Posh, you mm -hmm. could totally like get Like you could do it for one day and get the yeah. Yeah, yeah. in your closet um that's funny so Ashley did say I should sell that one on Etsy too and I'm assuming you're talking about my financial dashboard um I'm not a financial or CPA person and so it makes me a little weary I have people ask me all the time to sell it it makes me a little weary to put it out there because I don't want it to be like I'm giving you or accounting advice um so I'm I'm working with my CFO quote unquote my husband um to, because people do ask and I do, I think it is very important, which is why I have Liz here talking about it. So I'm trying to come up with something that I feel comfortable sharing and speaking to without saying I'm a finance or an accounting person. So stay tuned. I might have something. <laughs> um, okay. So we spent lots of time. I haven't even started asking questions. I don't think. Um, let's talk about reselling business. You do you know the amount of income? I kind of know this answer, but I want people to know. If you have made a certain amount of income, you have to claim it. How does that work? I actually, I know that kind of came up on the last YouTube we were uh, where I was chatting. I looked it up and it says, if you are going to owe $1,000 a year or more, they're going to want you to make quarterly payments. Oh, quarterly. Yes. Quarterly. Quarterly. Make, make um, uh, estimates. Quarterly estimates. Um, and the the main reason now, if you don't do the quarterlies, you better be prepared to pay whatever you owe by the 15th of April, or you will be assessed fines and um, interest. That's to, yeah. So, and one thing I want to know, neither one of us are CPAs, first of all. Second of all, it's going to depend by state. Um, every state. Well, taxes, right? Taxes, yeah. So some of it will depend by state. Um, because I've been told by our CPA that if you hit that mark, and I think ours is a thousand two is what he told me, um, and you don't do it, then they, they send you a fee, like not just what you can be assessed. You can be assessed, um, penalties and, um, interest rates. So now my husband, we don't file our taxes till the, um, September because we do an extension. Um, and some, and because we have an LLC, we can do the extension now. LLCs, that's a whole nother conversation about those entities that protect your yeah, assets. I'm, I'm going to ask you that next. I just wrote that down. We're talking about that next because I think people want to know the difference. Okay. Um, oh, and so I want to say you, what you spoke to is paying quarterly. Federal taxes. Yes. Right. Fed, federal income tax. Um, and that has state Nevada. We don't have state sales tax, state, state income tax. We have sales tax. Yeah. We don't have state income tax. The casinos pay it for us. So oh. one of the benefits to living here is that. So oh, um, like at all? No, 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 most you you do federal taxes and you do state taxes. We don't yeah. have state income tax at all. Nothing. Only one report a year. 
Um, Nick, we're moving to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of corporates companies move here now. Follow yeah. X again, but the, um, now our sales tax is almost what is 8.38%. So we'll get to sales tax. I'm sure in a few, but yeah. the federal, it's across the board. All of us have the same federal tax yes. rules. And that also includes your Medicare and your social security money. If you're self-employed, that's on top of your say 25% income tax bracket, which most, most of us, a small, you know, husband, wife, families, you know, we're falling into that world 20, 25%. On top of that, if you're self-employed, you have to pay your own um, self-employment taxes, which are social security and Medicare. So basically you're banking that for your own future. So, so even if you, I mean, you touched on a point and you mentioned this in the video that we we're talking about earlier. Um, even if, oh, no, I forgot. Oh, so you are a business, but you can file like with your partner and uh, then you're under the certain, like you hit that 25. Like what is the best way to pay the least amount of taxes? <laughs> oh, well, um, lots of different yeah. ways, but like a high oh, level. Oh, so I think what you're referring to is I suggested that um, yeah. if you have a partner that's working in the corporate, you know, gets a paycheck, gets a W-2 at the end of the year that has their taxes taken out of their account, out of their check every two weeks or whatever, right? If you have a partner that's in that world, and a lot of people do, um, uh, my suggestion is to have them drop their exemptions to nothing. So basically, which will make their check less, which can be tricky. So yeah. it'll make their paycheck bringing home a lot less money because they will have a lot more money taken out of their check. So at the end of the year, say they, you know, they normally make a hundred thousand and they have, you know, so we're just going to use we're random numbers. They have 25% um, percent taken out. Now they're going to have 30% taken out, which is going to cover the gap for you. So at the end of the year, all the money you've both paid in is going to go in on your taxes. They've overpaid and you've not paid typically. So that overage will cover you. So, so you don't have to come up with as much money at the end of the year. Okay. So like if you're not say like if like I go in and save, every single month. Okay, good. That's good. But if you're not doing something like that, the way to cover it so you're not like hit with a two to three thousand dollar IRS bill at the end of the year. Right. And my so I'm gonna say something kind of the opposite. My strategy is I want my money. I want to absolutely interest right now is not anything great, but I have always been taught like I want my money. And if my husband was giving money to the IRS, then they're making money off of holding that money till the end Absolutely. of the year where I want to hold my money towards till the end of the year and then pay it. But if I do that, you have to be very self-controlled and diligent in your bookkeeping. We put aside what Right. And don't touch it. Right. Yes. No, we right. go through, we do all of our finances. And the first thing that comes off after expenses and everything is we set money aside for taxes yeah. at the end of the year based off of where tax bracket are CPA the ratios that you're used to paying. Right. 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 Yeah. That's uh, smart. And that's rare. I would, I would think it's rare. And I think that's why the IRS wants the, the estimates because people will spend it and then they get to the end of the year and they don't have it. Even oh, yes, right. The the IRS wants their money. Absolutely. Right, right, right. So they recommend the estimates. So, you know, and it's if you're self-employed, you've got to pay the extra um four or five percent to cover your Medicare and your so like can we talk? I mean, I don't know how comfortable and how much you know that you only have two kind of businesses here. But I I was talking with my husband. Oh, we have a question. Is there an amount that is a cutoff for not having to report as far as reselling? And I'm gonna say no. 
as far as the IRS knows, and this is what my CPA has said, any money that you are earning reselling, you have to account as revenue. Not to say that everybody does. Right. Um, but, and chances of if you sold like three of your maternity tops on Poshmark, the IRS coming after you, like, but like chances are like, right, right. But technically, legally speaking, any revenue you earn from reselling, you have to claim as revenue. Technically. Right. But, and no one's reporting that number to the IRS right now. No one is other than you. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and well, eBay sends. Oh, eBay. Yeah. Oh. EBay does. Ooh, see, there you go. eBay sends um, after. Yeah. They send a 1099 after $20,000. So if you are making $20,000 and 200 transactions, Poshmark, okay. Poshmark currently does not. Right. 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 Okay. So Ashley is asking how important is bookkeeping in the beginning of your stages of reselling? the most important. It is so much easier to get up set up now than to resell for a year and go back and try and figure out what, what was happening. And if you get set up now, you may not know what you're doing, but get set up. And then next month you're like, oh, I should have been tracking this number. And then you only recover a month and figure it out. And, oh, and yeah. I think people should be doing their bookkeeping period regardless. I mean, you should have some way of tracking your expenses, even in your personal lives, as far as, you know, how much money you're spending on eating out versus groceries or where can you cut back? Like little things that maybe, you know, to, to see at the end of the year, whoa, or, you know, this was more than we thought. It's, it's just good. Like that's what your dashboard does is it really, it keeps you from dealing in, in, um, ideas. You it's a reality check. Yeah. yeah. So regardless of your business, it should be checked anyways. Well, and it's kind of funny. So I said that as the exact same time that my husband was saying typing, it's harder to do it later. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, good in the beginning. Right, right, right. Um, well, and so she says she has QuickBooks. And I was going to say for your financial and for your business, um, I mean, me and my husband are both very, very comfortable in spreadsheets. And so we use that. There are so many apps and resources out there. Um, Quick, And you can probably speak to some of these, the differences in these. Um, QuickBooks, Quicken. Well, I'm going to let you talk. There's so many apps. And you can get like per personal apps too that'll like, oh, yeah. like how much you spent on eating out. And right. Um, so let's talk about some of like the apps that you like the differences and what or well, what you I, know. I love QuickBooks. I love, 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 love. I've used QuickBooks for the, the whole time. And, and I had two different um, accounts in QuickBooks. One was for our personal and one was for our business. And I mean, if I had to write ourselves a check, I'd have to log out and log back into the other account to put the money in or out of the accounts. So yeah. now I know on the last call, there's a gal, there's an app for QuickBooks on your phone which costs, I don't know, five bucks a month or something. It tracks your mileage. That wasn't very much. But it, but it, but it is an add-on to the online QuickBooks. I checked on that. Okay. QuickBooks can run you 12 to and up a dollars a month for the online version, or you can buy one to put on your computer, which is what I always had to the tune of 400 a year is what I paid for to, for my software to have QuickBooks. Okay. So when the business kind of dwindled down and I mean, every three years I bought QuickBooks, that was just kind of the routine that we did because they upgraded it enough to justify it. Um, the $400 is ridiculous after a while. 
Yeah. So if you buy it and put it on your computer, it's like a one hundred a one time fee, or it's an annual fee. It's once. Well, it was. Now they've. I think they've shifted a little bit. Like Outlook now has shifted you. You know, if you want the, all that, those that you have to. It's a ninety-nine dollars a year where you used to be able to buy it and own it. Yeah. Well, and most places are doing like more of a subscription base. Yeah. So. I think you can still buy the one that goes on your computer, um, but every three years they're going to want, because the computers have changed, the software's changed, it stopped working pretty much. If you didn't get the newest one, you lost all support and you lost the updates, the payroll updates, all that stuff went away. So we had to buy it every three years and it was 400 bucks. So that's a hundred and whatever, but it also has to run on a computer. I couldn't get to it unless I was at home. And so um, I, I switched to Quicken, which I'd used as used for here and there. Um, and it's a lot more seamless. It was like 40 bucks a, month, a year type of thing. Okay. They have an online version as well, which I I've looked at it. The reports are a little bit different, but um, QuickBook is a really true accounting. If you have accounts payable, accounts receivable, say you want to pay, you know, buy some $2,000 with the inventory, you want to pay everything. For, you know, three or four months, pay over six months. You know, that's accounts payable. That's, I think the line for QuickBooks and Quicken is if you have accounts receivables, accounts payable, you're going to want to look at QuickBooks for sure. If you just have your personal expenses and now you're reselling, I suggest Quicken as it, now there's a, there's some free ones online too, though, for online versions, money managers, there's several that will automatically integrate all your checking and credit cards. And then with a push of a button, everything's downloaded and you have your options to, you know, count. Um, it's, it's, it's like, um, what's the word? Not networking. It's for everything cracked, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, with, so just to clarify, make sure I understand Quicken is kind of like, more the starter like maybe you just exactly. on, like you just sell on posh and you're like yeah. that's it yeah. if you're starting to like maybe sell on multiple platforms and now you're paying a lister and you're buying pallets and you're like paying over six months and like you're getting to be more of a small business not right. just like you and posh then right. you probably want to look into quick yes if you're gonna do payroll if you're gonna if you're gonna pay over you know track accounts receivables and accounts payables in my mind is the best way to make the decision for yourself. Okay. Um, Quicken is Quicken. That's Quicken for personal stuff and a little bit extra. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So most people probably, at least in the starting world, are okay with Quicken. Um, yeah. Actually, saying you buy. Wait. No, I don't. Oh, so she has QuickBooks. Okay. On her phone or on on her, on her computer? On her computer. Yeah, she's saying we have they have the desktop version. You buy once and then you pay a ton to update the payroll tax info each year. Um, she says they have the desktop version, and I've heard that it's cheaper to buy the new version each year than it is for the updates. Done. Quicken. Wow. Does Quicken have an online-only version? Maybe I missed that while I was typing. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. I know they have an app that integrates, um, and so they do back up to the cloud. I don't think it's as easy. Um, I think it's faster. That's what, what I was I was reading earlier that it's a lot faster just have it on your computer, yeah. and because of, you lose a lot of features on the online version. Yes, so very, and just between working in Google Sheets and having Excel, like you learn, you lose yeah. so much. So much. There's a lot you lose. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Um, this is such good conversation, Liz. Oh, Thank good. you so much yeah. for being on here. Um, I did have. 
I think those were my questions with that. Um, I'm trying to write down questions because I don't want to interrupt you as you're like, mm -hmm. all this great information. You did note on the LLC. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit. I mean, I have an LLC and I'll tell you my reasons for that. But I want you to talk a little bit about the LLC and the different like sole proprietor, like the different. And I am not an expert in this world. Yeah. Um, well, just from your what your experience is for my for my um, head, how I understand it is those different entities are for protecting you, protecting your home and your own personal assets from business issues, liability reasons. If somebody um, if, if there's like your business goes kaplunk, you know, it, it dies, it keeps your creditors and so forth from being able to completely come after you personally, um, your home or your house or your cars or whatever. It keeps if something happens like a car accident or something and you're it, it keeps somebody from coming in and being able to access your personal life. So your children and your and your spouses are somewhat protected. They have nothing to do with taxes again. Right. There's purely um, ways to compartmentalize, I guess, your different entities, your financial entities, worlds. And so for an LLC, your money, whatever the business makes, it, it, you know, you get your number, that money flows right into your personal income. It, it just, it's flow through, that's what they call it, a flow through income, where you can set up your other S corps or C corps for different reasons. We had a C corp as well. It was taxed at a different level, um, but it was purely for putting money away literally if you didn't have a have a, a good way of putting 50 grand a year then never touching it again into that entity and letting it sit there and ride it was good like if you want to buy equipment every four or five years put yeah. it in a c-corp and let it sit there and make different kind of money because um, you get and i i'm not a finance person i did go to start my master's so i took like two classes um so i'm not but i do my understanding too like your S corps or C corps, you have different tax laws as well. Yeah. And if you just follow, I'm not getting pol political at all, right. but if you just follow politics, like a lot of them are like, oh, we should tax corporations more. We should not. So there's different laws that if you are a finance or CPA, that you can make the most of your money, make it right. go the yeah. furthest, depending on where you are. Right. I don't think that any, I mean, I don't know everyone's business, but I don't think most resellers are in that realm of the no. world. No, S Corp is I for us when we started hiring people. That's when my accountant pushed us into the S Corp. Yeah. When we when we took on payroll, more than our own checks type of thing, and you know that required monthly submissions of payroll taxes because um, we were withholding taxes from people's checks. We had to submit our half and then their half, whatever we kept out of their check, had to be sent in. So that's when he moved us to an S Corp. Was when we started paying payroll. So that's for us, that's how we did it. So, yeah, and that makes, and so I'm gonna know um, on the LLC as well, I'm an LLC um, and my reason for LLC is I've had it for, I don't know, probably 10 years maybe now. Yeah. And I've done various different things. I started with the LLC <laughs> when I was doing, um, as I, I was a hairdresser, I still am licensed, but I was, I had my child and I was doing haircuts out of my house. Uh -huh. um, and so it was like, well, if I cut my ears, like if I accidentally cut your ear or if you slip on my um, front yard or something right. like that, you can't sue me personally. You right. can sue my business. And I have no money in there because I'm charging you $50. Right, <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Too bad. But it separates you. Most resellers, depending on what you do, 
most resellers don't don't really need it because right. if you're selling through a platform, the liability is going to be on that platform. Yes. Um, as far as like uh, someone coming after you, I mean, you could, and you would have to talk to a business expert on this, but like if you got in a car accident on your way to the thrift store and someone got, and they came after you, I mean, it, it could get kind of gray in there right, 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 for right. the most part. Um, but that's another reason that I don't like to sell privately a lot, like through Instagram and stuff, because then um, you're not, I mean, if you do it through PayPal, I guess you're a little bit covered. Hmm but you're not, it, you don't get as much protection. Like eBay and Poshmark take on that liability. Of protect, they're the, they're the protectors of both, yeah, both sides of, yeah. And for that security, I will pay you 20%. Exactly. But I'm fine with it. Um, but I don't know how it works with PayPal. I don't know how much, I know PayPal takes on liability from making sure that you get the money, but I don't know as far as the other, I don't know how I don't know. Right. That. I mean, and with clothes, I like I'm not sure what the what protection. I mean, at least Poshmark because it's closed. But I guess in eBay, there's a whole other spectrum of things that could go. Yeah. Well, then if just like buyers got really mad and things happen and like yeah. there's some crazy people out there. Um, Ashley says she had an LLC last year, but we're still concerning a sole proprietorship. So we just add it onto our personal taxes. Um, yeah. And so you can okay. file. I'm an LLC, but I still file with my personal taxes. Right, right. They it's both not, right. Like it's two different realms of business. Well the way for the entities, those the way the IRS looks at them, it says so it's matter. They don't care. However, that's you have to set, pick between them for other reasons. There's other decisions that need to be made based on which it's, uh, not, for, it's not for tax reasons, depending on other reasons. At that level. At that level, right. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say because there are uh, like CPA would tell you different. When you get into the other C corps and S corps, then yeah, you're going to be, that's tax purposes. So, okay. Um, I did want to know, and this was going back and I just remembered um, something that I, I don't know how to say this politically. So you see these numbers and I love social media. There's lots of information out there and you see this. I am a six figure reseller. I sold $6,000 on, which is true. I'm not saying that social oh, media is I not saying that, but I want to talk about the nitty gritty of you sold $6,000. How much are you actually putting in your bank account? Um, from like a percentage, like I'm not going to get into your personal finances and oh. I share mine, but from a percentage, most people that I've talked to, um, and looked at and mine as well. I mean, you're roughly making, depending on your expenses and how much you spend on things, about 40% of what you are actually, what your revenue is. So like you're taking home after taxes, after expenses, okay. roughly around 40, 40 to 50%. Probably, if that, if that, probably. Um, and I don't know, 6,000, I don't know where that, was that my number? I don't know. Um, I just made up a number. Okay, good. I was just okay. making numbers up. Go <laughs> um, out my numbers. I know when people sure. say, you know, they, like it's funny because you see the picture, you know, the pictures of all the packages that people put on Instagram. And one of my girlfriends, I'll send them to each other. Like, look at this. I go, that's a week's worth of sales. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just one day, you know. Like I ship every day, but who knows? Yeah. Oh, it's it's not. That's not a judgment. It's like you could just go. Okay, it's a week. So the number they throw out, I know we know that's their total sales, right? Yes. That's the top number. And so that looks, yeah. I mean, if you. I know there's a gal on Poshmark. She sells nothing but high-end, brand-new, amazing bags. And she probably sells them five, 600. She makes, she sells maybe 100 bucks over what she paid. 
So they go for six, a hundred of it's profit, 500 was cost. That's all, but she gets to sell 10 of them, that's $6,000. So, and there's yeah. other business models. Do you follow yeah. um, Amber? Do you follow Amber Resells? I think so. Yeah. 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 She is amazing. Um, so she did a video and it's a quick and short and I'm going to, I'll try and remember to link it down below or go find her. She did a video. It was like 12 minutes, but she, so she's an actuary. So she is like mad. Oh, she's okay. like super smart. Um, but so like a lot of her videos kind of have some analytics kind of behind it. Anyway, she did a video about like the six figure reseller and just quickly broke down and nothing. I'm not dizzying on six figures. No, right. I'm just wanting to say like, that top number is not necessarily what you're putting in your bank account. Um, and she did a video on, you know, two sellers made this amount, but like one is buying their inventory for this cost and one is buying, you yeah. know, she went through and did two different scenarios and how much they each made. It's a really good video and break okay. it down short and easy. I recommend everyone oh, to go watch yeah, it. Yeah. I'll try and link it below. I shared it on my my husband reminded me to plug my computer in. Oh, so that's what I'm bending over for. Um, so quickly that conversation kind of turned, but, um, oh, so my husband says gross revenue is sexy, but net re revenue pays the bills. It's sexier, right? Right. <laughs> yes. Right. And I think it's, I mean, that's part, most of a lot of what I want to do with my channel is you want to do this as a business. Awesome. But like, really look at it and figure out how to do it as a business. And if you're selling $6,000, that does not mean that is what you're putting in your bank account. If you need $6,000 to pay your, I don't know where $6,000 came from, but whatever that number is, think about, and for most people that I'm talking to, it's about 40 to 50%. Yes. If you're, if, if you're putting money away for taxes, absolutely. And yes. there's a saying out there that the, the profit is made on the buy. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you're going to make $20 if you spent 10 or four, it makes a big difference. Yes. And that mm -hmm. is why I have the inventory dashboard because it matters. And there, there's multiple, there's not multiple, there's various different ways that you can do this business model. You can sell high end items <laughs> or you can sell lots of them, or you can do a little bit like there's so many different ways, but you need to know what you're doing. Right. Right. Figure out what is working for you. Cause we all have different sourcing availabilities as well. Um, okay. So I just wanted to touch on that too. Um, so sales, I had all these questions and I don't even think I've asked you one cause we've just been chatting. I'm sure we covered some things. Um, sales tax. Oh yes. Yeah, sales tax. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um, I'm going to let you kind of give your two cents mm, well, sales, if you have. Well, I watched everyone Facebook and everybody like get up in arms about Poshmark assessing sales tax. And it's been a big conversation with Amazon, eBay, eBay, and they all adopted it several years ago because the states, the states where we normally shop, were losing all the revenue. So we weren't going to Walmart or Target or Smith's, wherever we shop, buying. We're getting the stuff taken, you know, coming in from online re resell or, you know, even these big, these big um Amazons and yeah. So what we have to remember as people in this community or on this planet or in the United States, the sales tax pays for our schools, our roads, our community resources is all paid by our sales tax. Mm -hmm. And so we walk, I think, you know, in the United States, I've lived in a couple of places, I lived in Europe. We walk around with a sense of security because things are supposed to be taken care of. We walk into buildings and there's no crack sidewalk that you trip over. And, yeah. you know, we, we have 
a, a level of expectation. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so those things have to be paid for by a big, we pay bigger entities to take care of that for us. And now after years of that, we forget that. So sales tax, Poshmark just went ahead of the curve and before they got crucified, because it was starting to happen to people and started collecting it for us and paying it back to the communities that it came from based on the state's regs, the state's um, laws. So if you, if I sell something to you in Colorado, you're going to have to pay Colorado's taxes on the on it. And it's a plug and play software program for Poshmark, right? They just plug it in. It's based on your zip code. They take the money from you. They keep it. And then the end of the month, they pay it to Colorado County, wherever you live. I saw that they did that. And people were like, oh, no, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, thank you. Like, I don't have to do that. <laughs> like, I don't oh, want right. to trying to figure things out. Like, thank you. I had to do it in my business. I had to collect it. Yeah. I had to assess. If you buy anything wholesale, the purpose of the whole, so this is where things get a little, where people get all confused. So to get a sales tax reseller license, you typically have to go through your state, your city, your county before you're even eligible to get one because they're assuming you're going to have a business. Now, yeah. you might in certain places be able to get one without all the business licenses first. I don't know. In Colorado, you have to be registered with the state state and so there's that's, like, that's basically just saying i'm a business and you pay them ten dollars or twenty dollars or something in nevada it's two to five hundred see that's where they get the money so see we don't have the state income tax but to yeah. register a business here it's two to five hundred dollars a year to have a business license which then entitles me to go now i have to go to the city so i get to get a city license too they won't give me one so like there's like a five or six licenses to the tune of seven to nine hundred dollars a year to be able to get something that says I don't have to pay sales tax when I go buy from a wholesaler because the wholesaler doesn't want to do it in every they don't. The reason they demand it is so that they don't have to collect it when they're at these shows like magic. Everybody comes in for magic, right? The Men's Apparel Guild, I think is what it is. Um, the, if you want to buy wholesale there, you have to have a sales tax a reseller's permit so that the wholesalers aren't going to be subject to paying the sales tax when you're, they don't want to deal with it. Right. They're not dealing with it. So they want that piece of paper from you that says you're going to do it. So that's, I think why Posh moved to it as well is because the number of wholesalers on the app, they are going to get crucified if they don't mitigate and get in there and do, okay, I'm going to take the sales tax from you because we don't know if you are or not. Right. And here's, and I was thankful when they started doing it. And yeah. It was going to happen eventually. Right. Right. The government is not, things have to, like you said, things have to be paid for. And yes, the government sometimes is lags a little bit because they're the government and they're big and yeah, it's right. the most robust. Um, anyway, but they are going to get their money. Like the IRS is not going to be like, oh, like people are like, I, we're going to, well, right. And I would rather someone else take care of it. Like I would rather yeah. be out shopping than doing bookkeeping. So well, do we all want to pay the sales tax to 50 states? figure yeah. all that out. Ooh. No. Okay. No. So um, Reagan says Amazon, Wayfair, and eBay can't sell a thing without the infrastructure, roads, airports, et cetera, that is paid for by taxes. Valid point. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. That's a great point. And just, we're, we're, so me and my husband talked about this like at dinner and my daughter was like, what are taxes, mommy? And so my five-year-old is now learning like how she goes to school and how right. we have roads, which is great. Like that's what our community is. And that's, right the um, culture that we live in. Um, I do, we are hitting about that hour 
point. So I don't want to keep it too long. This has been a really great conversation. And I think I might, I probably will ask you to come on more. Oh, I have lots of information to share. But I do want to switch it over for a minute to, um, so you sent me a little bio and you said something at the end of it that was really interesting that I want you to talk a little bit more. Okay. And you said, I know we need to be, keep paying attention. So you, this is talking about Poshmark, sorry. Okay. You've been on it for a while. Um, I know we need to keep paying attention as I truly feel 2020 is going to be pivotal for the app and we are going to see a lot of transition. Who will survive is the question. Those are kind of strong statements. I want to know like what's behind it. Well, I think that um, sourcing, everyone's talking about how the thrift stores, the prices are going through the roof. Some communities are fighting against thrift stores wanting like we don't they don't want resellers and thrift stores don't want resellers in their in their stores which is like okay um but i think a lot of um stores i was actually my i love when i'm doing something and i'm making money i just kind of it's like oh, the thing i love it yes yes yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um anyway that's that's why we put all the hard work in so that we can do other things again right. Um, anyway, so I, my brother-in-law also resells and I ran into him um, at the thrift store this weekend and we were talking about the thrift stores getting into the game. Uh -huh. well. and I think that's why a lot of them don't like the resellers in there. I haven't had that problem in our area. Yeah. Um, but we're up against way, there's way more of us. It's becoming well, way more known. I mean, I've run, I'm run into people that, you know, when I'm dropping off packages and I can, people on their phones checking, you know, in the stores. Um, the, the sourcing is going to drive some of it, some of us into new places. The stores, you know, JCPenney, there's, I mean, I've seen the articles where they're all getting into the reselling world as well. And was it you um, that shared the gap or was that someone else? Because you, well, no, I, well, I didn't share it, but I saw it. You know, I did yeah, see the article. The gap, that whole, the gap, what is JC it? JCPenney, Republic. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then also, um, I've spent the last year, when I first, when I went full time, um, November of 2018, I had about 250 listings and I been making money, like literally my numbers started jumping and like crazy. And so to the point where I'm last month, I had told, sold 180 items to the tune of, I don't know, like almost $4,000, top number, top number. So yeah, no, but that's still incredible. Good for you. Right. Well, thank you. And so in order to sell 180, that means you have to be listing 180. That well, sourcing and cleaning well, and yeah, yeah, right, right. You're keeping up with it. So I went, I'm still only at about a 400, 425 max. I don't know how people do a thousand on, I'm like, oh my God. Um, because the up, it was like going, it's like going up the down escalator. You're, you know, trying to, and then you, you know, you got to keep going. And it took me a year to get from 250 to 400. And I'm working probably 60 hours a week. Yeah. So I don't know. There's going to be a lot of people that, think they want to do this yeah. and i think that it's gonna um it's you get the it's work it's work it it's is work. and so you touched on i'm making notes because i don't want to interrupt because you have really good things to say but you touched on a couple of things that i, I want to talk about and this is why sell through rate is in my inventory dashboard because you need to know how much you're selling of what you have and then you can get your average sell through rate and figure out like if you want to increase it you need to have items for people to buy you can't i mean you can kind of sell more but at some point you're going to tap out because you have a sell through rate like you're only selling so many items that you have um and so you do have to increase that and something that i've noticed as well is a lot of these higher 
volume sell or higher revenue sellers, I guess is probably the better way um, that have thousands and thousands of listings and that they have listers, they have assistants. Oh, yeah, you can't do it alone. Necessarily, and I don't think that a lot of them necessarily hide the fact, but it's not always like you see one post and you don't, I don't think people necessarily always think about that. So then you're making this, um, assessment you know, judgment or yeah in your head yeah and you're like oh i can totally do it because they did it but they also have a team of two now and so you're trying to like you said like you have to get up it's hard to i mean it takes time to list you have to clean you have to list mm -hmm. you have to share it you have to source it like it can sometimes take you hours and hours and multiple shifts thrift stops to even find things that are especially now oh, that you don't there. the boot the boutique people that's one of the big things that, and I, and I didn't, it didn't occur to me. It didn't hit me until probably 2018 that oh, boutique people don't have to take pictures in most cases. That you have one list. Well, and even if you don't, you have, because there's some items that you have to take your own picture, but then you have one listing. Right. For, and you have 12 different sizes or whatever. They yeah. don't have to, they smell, they source maybe a little during like once a month, they'll go, you know, pick out whatever they want and the brand, whatever the styles ship to them, but it's all new. There's no fixing it or washing it or polishing it or hoping and praying that I, and, you know, this. So, and their listings are copyable, yeah. <laughs> easily copied, templated templates, I guess, because they're mine are all different. Yeah. I, templates would be a waste of time for me for the most part, other than a little bit shoes, dresses or whatever, but. And going to look up the comps and find the exact yeah. one. And yes, yeah. there's a lot of time that goes on. A lot of things that go on behind the scene. Um, that people don't realize it. I think I'm glad that you said that because everything, girl, we are like, I love you. Um, this, I mean, everything that you're saying, I totally agree with. And I think it is getting a lot more competitive and mm -hmm. you have to start thinking of it. Like if you want to survive, you have to think of it as a business and make it as business decisions. If you're selling on the side to get rid of your clothes or make a hundred bucks, so you right. guys copy on right. whatever. But I think people are really getting into it as I, I quit my I job and do this as a business, which you can do, but it's not, I bought something for a dollar and sold it for a thousand dollars and that, that happened. Yeah, right, 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 right. Even if it, even if you had that on Poshmark, you better share the heck out of it. It's not going to get seen. Oh yes. Right. And then you had to list it and you probably had to clean it and you had to find right, right. it and you had to, yes. Um, yeah. And then you have to, that's all of the things that I think are talked about in the community a little bit, but everything that we talked about today, that takes me hours a week to do yeah. all of that. We yeah. spent, me and my husband on Saturday, spent four hours reconciling, pulling together. And I keep really good um, right. of my stuff. And we still spent four hours. And a lot of it was like personal, like pulling our- Yeah, once a quarter. Student loan thing, whatever. But like getting all of our stuff together to send to our CPA. Like we didn't even file our taxes. It was right. just- Starting the ball rolling. I know. So all of the time that goes on behind it. And I think, I think you hit the- um, nail on the head, the nose on the, whatever that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the head. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting to keep track and kind of see where it goes and pay attention to your data and what is working for you so that you can stay viable in this environment. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say coach bag. Like you and I love coach bags. I would find them. I didn't even really care about coach until I started thrifting them. But now, um, I've had to back off my expectations a little because they don't go for what they used to, but they're still, they're still a steady Eddie. Still yeah. a steady. If you can find them in good shape, clean, 
I used to fix them, not anymore. <laughs> I used to bring them home and, you know, I love the thrill of being able to fix them up. No, no, I'm not buying it if I have to fix it. <laughs> I miss money. I actually was taking pictures today and I was thinking about the um, thread in the Facebook user group. I think, were you on that thread? Maybe. Maybe. Someone asked if they spend time cleaning and most people are like, no. But I was taking pictures today and I had... Um, I don't remember what it was a really nice blazer. I'm trying to think of what the brand. I mean, it was like a $500 blazer. Right, right. Um, and the button, I put the, I uh, closed the button and the button popped off. And normally I would have been like, nope. But I was like, oh, for $500, like, you will. Yeah. I was like, for a button. I mean, it took me 30 seconds, but normally yeah. I don't do that either. Um, oh, and I was going to say, so I have, what's interesting is I, my background is in upcycling. I've been doing that on and off for 15 years. I have only been reselling for a year, like strictly reselling for a year, okay. um, which, you know, people are like, come to me and ask things. And I'm like, I'm kind of new at this too. I am as far along as I am because I look at my data and I make decisions based off of my data. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I look at other things and I follow social media and trends, but like I'm making business decisions based off of my numbers. Um, there was a point to that. I know. I know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No. So even in just the year that, because you were talking about the coach bags, even in just the year that I've been reselling, the comps on things that I am doing and the offers have significantly decreased. Mm -hmm. um, a year ago, a coach bag, I could have gotten $100 easily. And now that same coach bag is like 50 or 60 and it's sitting for months because there's so many other people out there doing okay. it that are willing to take lower prices. Mm -hmm. So you have to like change your strategy to stay yeah. with the bags. Okay, we are at that hour. This has been a great conversation. Let me make sure I didn't get any questions. Um, oh, wait, there were. See, we get so involved in the conversation, I forget to ask. Um, oh, do you guys think the boutique sell? Are you okay for a few minutes? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I don't want to keep people if they have places. Oh, do you guys think that the boutique sellers are bad for Poshmark? No, thanks. No. No, because it's a totally different world. One of the gals that I really connect with, there's three of us here in Vegas. We are like met and bonded. She, this gal's young. She lives around the corner. Um, her decisions in what she sourced, her clothos is her closet name. Oh, she's on here. And she said you're amazing. Uh, she, that's uh, she said you're her mentor. We'll get uh, to that. She's yeah. a doll. But she teaches me because one, she's she's 28. She's young. So she looks at stuff I pick up. She goes, Oh, like, like, cause I, I'm like, Oh, maybe cause I'm old. Like, I like some of the older brands and yeah. Carlisle, like, but she's, she's got some tough decisions. One finding it at price points that she can afford it. And two, what's trending. Oh, for God's sakes, keeping, I would, I would have a hard time committing to 20, 30, 40 pieces of something praying that I chose the right style and colors that was going to work. Otherwise I'm stuck with it. I, I get stuck in the vortex of the decision where, so it's a different game for boutique sellers, totally different where I can go take a chance on a $10 coach bag because if it doesn't sell, all right. Okay. Now I learned, but I don't know. So you can, sell it, you can get your money back. Like you can sell yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Right. That's the best business model, but like you can take chances and try things. Yeah. Exactly. So it, yeah, they have it, they have it some things easier, but in other ways it's different. They've got, like I said, it's a tough decision that they have to make. And how do you stay ahead of the trends knowing that someone wants round purses this year versus, you know, or the chunky heel versus this heel versus that. I don't know. So, well, and it's, it's all work just in a different way. So they're not outsourcing and looking the way that we are and maybe not listening, but they're having to do the research to figure out 
what they think is going. I mean, they're probably following more trendy, like I don't. And they gotta have a market more. Yeah. You're talking. You're gonna to do boutique. You for you and me, we could start with a twenty dollar bill and get started and do right. the shoes. You know, buy buy a pair of shoes and sell them and make buy two pairs of shoes. We could do that yeah. for boutiques in order to get the price points down. You gotta have a good grand or so, I would think, at least to be able to buy at the point price point. And then you're still only buying one purse or one style of shoes, maybe. Yeah, and then your closet's not yeah, you have to put a big chunk in. And I don't, I mean, I'm all for you do you and everyone has their own hustle. And if it works for you, work for it. And if it changes Poshmark, then I'm gonna grow and adapt and figure out how to keep my business going. So I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm all for everyone figuring out what works for them yeah. and me finding my way in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do see, so he's saying that it pushes thrifters out like on eBay. Um, I mean, I can see that, but then I also think that you just source differently. Like I'm really into vintage and you're not going to be able to do boutique vintage. You can do boutique that looks like vintage, but mm -hmm. like people want vintage, you know, like, there's right. certain, they want vintage from 50 years ago. They don't want clothes that are new that look like, I mean, some people want that, but like there's certain things that you're just not going to be able to push the me brands. Out. You can't, I mean, when you're buying boutique, it's unbranded. You got to go market it somehow. Yeah. And I don't have to market the coach or the two pair of teaks I found on Christmas, on New Year's Eve, you know, like uh, the teaks, you can't, I don't know what wholesaler, I, does teak sell wholesale? I don't know to people off the street. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't that's what thrifters do is we get, we bring stuff that you can't get for that price. In most places. Right. And it's already been marketed for us. I mean, yeah. you have to market yourself a little bit to get them to come to yeah. your closet, but like people are going in looking for coach because coach is already marketed. Right. 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 Branded. I like branded stuff. That's for me at this point in my life. I don't want to have to start with the whole start over now for my girlfriend. She's 28. She wants that. And I, it's just a different come from. And I have, I have a friend who's been on the channel and she does mostly boutique um, and she kills it at it. She's, yeah, yeah. She really does Poshmark and she knows this stuff. And I, I'm with you. I would be way too scared to invest. <laughs> Even like a um, place like the B&G, is that what it is? Where oh, you I did one box. Ugh. I said so even, even that it's like a lower price point. It's not even close to wholesaler. And I'm like, I can't commit to buying 50 pieces from you. <laughs> and when I got it, I sent it all back. Luckily they allowed that. That was the best thing about them is I paid just a $20, $18 shipping fee, but I sent it all back. Cause it was too much of, yeah, it was like, mm. yeah, I'm too analytical in every single piece that I do. Okay. Let me make sure if we have any other questions. Um, Oh, so Ashley says she does a little bit of both. I use items sell. So, uh, the used items sell so much better for me. Now, arbitrage that lets you do a little bit. I, I like to have new with tags in my closet. That's the bummer. So I picked up a few things, but it's even hard. You retail arbitrage is another world where you got to know brands and you got to get that the prices aren't always at the place that the reseller can. You know, re people that buy even on the app, they can't try things on. They can't return it. So the only reason they're buying is it because they're going to get something for a really good price. And then of course, you know, the big conversation about the shipping, it does add on to their price. So we got to meet them halfway yeah. a little bit, but yeah, we and don't, we're not going to get all up. Yeah. And when you're paying more upfront, then that's taking out of your profit. 
Um, mm-hmm. I tried retail arbitrage and I'm just not, I don't, I don't, I don't do well at it. I wind up taking it back. <laughs> I, get, I kept the receipt for one thing, but I actually bought, we have a coach um, factory here. So I, they had a big sale and I was like, Oh, I'll try it. And I bought this bag. I've sold everything, but one bag and I've had it for a year and I eBay. So eBay is really good with their analytics. Cause they'll tell you like your competitors are at this price. You're like, they uh, right, right, right. information. Um, and they keep sending me a freaking email and the other bag that's like it isn't new with tags. And I'm like, I'm not budging on my price eBay, but I've had it for a year and I feel like I'm probably just going to net because mm-hmm. like there was a reason that it was on clearance at Coach. Yeah, that's the thing. If it's if that fry bag is sitting in Marshall's with the, down to $30 or $35, there's probably a good reason. Yes. Right. And there are people that make retail arbitrage work, but again, there's a whole new thing that you have to learn to figure it out. Um, Okay. I'm good at thrifting and I like it. Oh, so Kathy says, you mentioned this earlier. I need to get used to buying different sizes than what I would wear. Yes. That's, I know it's starting. I always start in that. I can't buy the little ones and I, you know, I just kind of stick where I, so I've had, I've pushed myself into some of the bigger sizes so that, because that's what supposedly sells, you know, so but now, I mean, you have the dashboard, so you have the data to see because I buy sizes based off of what sells for me. Um, and I am kind of a normal ish size in America. I'm like on the bigger, like a large. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, and but and then plus I, I hear plus size sells well and I've done an analysis. There's a whole not that's a whole nother conversation. We could talk forever, <laughs> I feel like, Liz. Um, but that's the nice thing about having the dashboard. I'm gonna do a shameless yeah. plug here. You can look at sizes and then you can feel comfortable buying but we know works more security in your investment. And and I, I went on the next one, I'm gonna share I've done some experiments with other girlfriends and that's been introduced some really we had some really cool results with stuff. So I'll share that. For, oh, for sizes? Well well for like coach, like I sell, I think I told you I sold 65 coach bags last year. Yeah. And one of my other girlfriends, West Coast Chic, she, she, I talked her into this coach bag. Three weeks later, she's like, Liz, it's not selling. It's not selling. She's getting in her closet. I clicked her. I did a screenshot of her photos, used her description. She had the bag. I sold it in 10 days. Yeah. And I sent her her money when I, when they paid, I just Venmoed her the money. She was like, but she doesn't have any, any history with selling coach. And that's where the algorithms, I think, do play in, even though I'm, I'm an advocate for, they don't have negative stuff out there hurting us, Yeah, you know, slapping us when things go wrong. I don't believe in that. I don't think they have that, but I think the apps and your closets do take on personalities and I coach faster than some of my girlfriends because I've done a lot of it. Well, and some of it that plays into this as well with your inventory is you know what to look for for a coach. You know how to look it up. You probably know how to do a really good listing for it. You know what other buyers are like, you know, the keywords, like what they're looking for. Um, And that's another thing with like looking at what's working for you, because there's something that is working well for you where you watch these YouTube videos and nothing against people who do. Oh, I know. Right. Because that's how you learn. And then you try it. But it's selling for them because they know about it. I cannot sell anthropology to save my life, even mm-hmm. though social media says, because I don't know anthropology. I I make a joke about, I cannot sell a $35 concert t-shirt. I don't care what oh. empty hanger can do it all day long, but she's yes. earned the right to do it with her YouTube, well, with well, her personal, everything. I'm like, I could even ask for $35 for a used Motley Crue t-shirt. Never mind knowing which one would sell. Yes, right. Don't even look. I, 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 yeah, not, no, can't do it. 
Okay, sorry, we're like totally going over. I will have to have you back on because I am really enjoying talking with you. Um, let's see, buying retail clearance and reselling as a new with oh, someone asked what retail arbitrage. Oh, was. New tugs. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, oh, I scroll through. Oh my goodness, sorry. I scrolled down. We missed a lot of conversations. Sorry, oh, guys. I don't, I don't know why I'm talking. Um oh, Reagan Pride said he tried some reseller sources and are still on about two-thirds mm -hmm. of the stock sizes and colors so um he's still sitting on stuff clothos says sarah is that how you say it clothos yes yes Sarah's analytics showed me that my highest revenue is boutique but i sell more used shoes which is great to know because you're selling you're making money but for different reasons mm -hmm. um my husband says he's a fan of a diversification you can tell he knows business and finance um if you can do it Something I don't know what that sentence was. He probably uh, was with a kid. Something about a riskier revenue. My guess. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. If you, if you diversify, it's um, less risk. Um, as long as you do it smartly, like don't put all your money into. Okay. Um, good points. Name brand thrifted trumps no name boutique. That's true. Unless it's vintage, I will only buy something that it does not have a brand if you can put it as vintage because people will search for vintage. I've learned that from you too. That's what I've started. I went back and changed. I've got some older purses that I love that aren't selling, but I went and changed their brands just to see how that affects things. So yeah. Um, someone asked retail arbitrage, blah, blah, blah. My highest sales are small and medium. That's interesting. Mine are like medium and large. Um, well, my problem is I've only have a lot of the middle, so I don't know what would happen if I, yeah. I believe if you go into, you know, the plus sizes, you got to have more in anything, no matter what you do, having one purse or one pair of shoes or you got to start, you know, going there or there's no choices for people. That's the tricky yeah. thing, too. Yeah. Okay. I think I caught all of them. Um, and then Kathy Carver says, oh, thank you for inviting I, me, Liz. I like Kat. I, yeah. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy and I were talking behind the scenes on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. I but, am. So I'm sorry to hold you over 20 minutes. I feel no, like we can talk for three more hours. Um, so I am going to, I have live set up for a while, but I do want to have you back on because you oh, have lots you. of good things to share and um, lots of just good things to talk about. Thank you so much for joining thank you for having me. And I love your stuff and I'm, you know, a big fan. So, yes. well, thank you. Um, if you are catching this in the recording, you can leave Liz's um, information is down below and she's a wealth of knowledge and very helpful and responsive. Um, you can leave comments down below as well for me or for Liz and I'll make sure that she gets those as well. Make sure to subscribe to my channel if you like content like this. Um, I'm doing lives at least once a week to talk with other resellers or experts in different various things that I'm not an expert in, but I want to learn about if there's things that you want to learn about or that you feel like you can share with the community. Contact me either with comments down below or on Instagram. Um, I think give me a thumbs up if you like content like this. My next live is going to be on Wednesday and it's already up on my um, YouTube page. So you can set a reminder that'll go off when it is. We are, I'm going to be talking with Air and Ivy, a mom and daughter duo, and then New York Posture about, um, their Instagrams are amazing, so go follow them. But we're going to be talking about reseller apps. There's so many things that help us do reselling better in social media, so we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of all that. So that's it, Liz. Thank you so much. This was Thank so you. informative. Um, everyone have a good night and I will see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you. Bye-bye.